This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. Uh, She is a writer, a comedian, and a cosplayer, Lauren Bancroft. Hello. How do you feel about those nouns? Um... I like them. <laughs> Are they good accurate? Nouns. Did I miss one? Um, they they describe me for sure. Um, I've moved a, away from cosplay just a little bit, but I still do it whenever I can. Yeah. Um, so you think of that is more of something that you do for fun, or do yeah. you think of it as a like a part of who you are? Um, it's a hobby. Okay. It's a little hobby. Um, I would also add producer to that producer. list. Producer, all right. The list of things that could be on a business card in my purse right now. <laughs> yeah. is, is it on? Do you? That's not hypothetical. You have an actual business. You don't need to show me. I can see you okay. going for it. Okay. okay. <laughs> but you have I'll an actual business card. After. Yes, Excellent. I do. I do. I believe it says producer comedian. I think there's like a cosplay picture involved in it. Look, we'll figure it out <laughs> after we stop recording this episode. Okay, fair enough. And I just have to share this because this is lovely. You've also brought some fruit snacks. I have. <laughs> uh, Welsh's family farmer owned mixed uh, with, with real fruit. Okay. Would you like one? No, I, I really don't want one, right. but I really appreciate the offer. I have to ask, though, fruit. Now, I've had people come and be like, I'm sorry, I need to finish this salad before I start recording. I'm right. so hungry. Mm-hmm. Are you eating fruit snacks out of necessity or out of just sheer love of fruit snacks? Um, well, they're great. They're convenient. <laughs> they travel well. As you can see, I came directly from work um, where I pick the snacks at the office. So I grabbed a small handful on my way out because um, I wanted to share them with you. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry I'm ruining your plan. That's okay. I'll, I'll hide them in your apartment before I leave. <laughs> thank you. Um, I'll add that to your list of nouns. A fruit snack hider. Yes. Good. I'll put it on the business card. Uh, so, producer, tell me a little bit more about what you're producing these days. Yeah. Um, professionally, I work at a production company in the arts district called Special Order. We do a lot of branded content, documentary style stuff. Um, we're we're working on a, an interactive series for Echo right okay, now. Okay, cool. So, a lot of different stuff. Um, personally, I like to produce comedy. So, um, you know, being in the comedy community, it's great because... It's a community of people who write and who can create things, but they don't necessarily know how to turn that into a real thing. Okay. So my favorite thing is to find a a script that I really like and say, I want to help you shoot this, you know, five to six page sketch. Okay, cool. So you're mostly producing video content of comedy. Yes. Nice. Nice. Uh, And then I'm sure much more in the future. Yes. Hopefully. (laughs) I mean, ideally comedic TV, but. Okay. So is is that what you want to do? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I studied TV production in high school for a little bit, um, and I just really love, I really love finding people with great projects and being helpful. And I love being like, "Hey, you can't make this a real thing, but I know what you need for crew and gear and shoot schedule and how much it might cost." Okay, so, they, so. They, do you think that's always just been a part of your personality of somebody who is good at organization and saying like, "Here's the timetable, let's get this done." Beginning, middle, mm-hmm. and done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... You even answered efficiently. Correct. Yes. Um, so I actually worked in IT for 14 years. Okay. And uh, last June, I said goodbye to that career, and I've been working on producing since. So Awesome. Yeah. So it's very much the same skill set of being organized, communicating, you know, setting goals, yeah. holding people accountable. So it's really the same thing. I'm just doing it in a creative space now, yeah. which is 
more in line with what I want to do. So Awesome. Well, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Let's get into your topic. This is a very fun one. Uh, your obsession is the specific character on Doctor Who, Clara Oswald. Correct, yes. <laughs> All right. So I just I made a note for myself. There are going to be spoilers. It's hard to talk about the oh. character without some of the big things you're doing. So if you're listening and you're like, I want to watch that Doctor Who, we're going to spoil a big chunk of it for mm-hmm. you. And if you haven't watched it but you plan to start, Please take down my information. <laughs> uh, I love guiding people through Doctor Who, so let's be friends later. You can text me anytime, day or night, with theories, questions, concerns. Anyway, that's you, what I, I call myself a hoopacitor. A hoopacitor. Yes, because no one else will. Because no one else will call you that? Nope. Put it on the business card. Oh, you're right. That's hoopacitor, my fault. and then people can go, what the? Hoopacitor. I need like, you to produce something, but uh, don't hoopass me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I want to just start, uh, before we get directly into Clara, with your Doctor Who journey. When did you come to the show, and what pulled you in? Okay. Uh, it was summer 2011. <laughs> summer 2011, um, my, uh, a good friend of mine was trying to get me to watch it, and I watched uh, Rose and uh, in the second episode. What is that? One of those? Uh, yeah, good. The future, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, End of the Earth the, or yeah. Earth's End or yeah. something like that. I watched those two episodes, and I uh, did not like it. <laughs> I set it aside. I'm like, the effects aren't very good. I think the acting is too much. Yeah. I just don't dig it. Uh, so I set it aside for like two years. Okay. I just, it wasn't for me. I decided. And then two years later, I went through a breakup. Of course. <laughs> and I was sad. And I'm like, maybe I'll try watching Doctor Who again. And I started from the same place, started again with Rose. And I'm like, oh. This is what my life's been missing. Interesting. It like immediately clicked, and I don't know what was different besides me being in a very low place. Um, mm. But I mean, it's I, also a very, very sad show. It is a very sad show, and I think there's a specific power to that first season. It's amazing that mm-hmm. they did this when they were coming back because when I had been a Doctor Who fan growing up from the classic series, so I was excited to come back to it and thought the special effects were quite good (laughs) they're not anymore yeah they weren't good by 2011 (laughs) but yeah but uh i had just recently started dating my wife but when i started dating her she immediately moved to london so we had to be apart so there was the the love of doctor who the love of london but there's also something about it that it is so much about being in pain and healing and pining and, and like towards the, yeah the and end of the season rose has that speech about there's got to be something more than just hanging around eating chips mm-hmm. and i was like yeah i need <laughs> to move to london to be with my did you, know? you? yeah oh great yeah it's great. It, great it all worked out it all worked out but it that first season is always one of the most yeah. powerful to me because it has that sort of just bleeding wounded heart yeah very very sad um so i banged through it this is so this is now summer 2013 okay where i'm actually watching it and falling in love with it um i have a doctor who tattoo i got it before i watched everything i could have watched um i uh what now why why do you say that do you oh i was like i was like on season five i was like matt smith's first season okay when i got my doctor who tattoo like i still had more seasons that i could watch okay i wasn't even done consuming what i could consume before, before i'm like put it on your body me yeah. now <laughs> so nice yeah so uh i banged through it i loved it the first live episode i watched was the 50th anniversary special oh wow yep uh and it was amazing i watched it at my mom's house and I had a little hair a little hair tie 
like bow tie that I clipped to my, <laughs> to my collar. <laughs> didn't even have a real bow tie. Didn't care. Um, so I, yeah, I, I dove, I dove in yeah. head first. Um, the second time I tried to watch it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, the yeah. second time was a charm. Had you been a science fiction fan or been a kind of fan who, who does like go like, Oh, it's not enough to watch the show. I need it. I need to be inside this world. No. I mean, I think my, my very first quote unquote fandom was Harry Potter because obviously being of the age I am, yeah. you know, the books were coming out when I was a kid. Family members would gift them to me. I would go to the midnight releases of yeah. the books at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> like my first cosplay was a Hermione Granger because I was a robe that looked kind of like hers. <laughs> nice. Um, so I think I was pretty into that fandom, but nothing else had grabbed me quite like Doctor Who had yeah. when I was ready for it. Yeah. Which is actually, I love that I didn't love it right away. Because when I'm talking to people out in the world about Doctor Who and about how much I love it, they're like, oh, well, I tried it. I didn't like it. I'm like, well, you're not ready for it yet. <laughs> the time will come. Yeah, yeah. It's very peaceful. Exactly. It's like yeah. when it's when you're ready. Yeah. When the stars are right. It and myself <laughs> will be there. Wait till breakups. Then, yes. Yeah. Yeah. When you're real sad, <laughs> let me know. I'll send you a Dropbox folder. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't uh, be mad, BBC. Uh, so are you, we'll get into Clara, but are you, have you ever wavered or since that summer of 2013, have you been on board? Oh, fully on board. Okay. Um. Yeah, fully on board. Uh, I guess we can, I wavered a little bit when it came to Clara, actually. Oh, really? I did not like Clara right okay. away. Okay. All right. And I feel like this is now saying that I have like a pattern of not liking things and then really <laughs> liking things. Um, but no, I didn't really like Clara in season seven. Okay. I'm like, ugh. It feels like she's more of a prop or like a plot device. She's like this mystery. But as soon as they solved the mystery, as soon as we knew how she was the impossible girl, I feel like they started fixing her, which is great. Yeah, I, th I agree with that. I think she's a controversial character who starts as a little bit of a blank slate for the doctor to obsess on. Mm -hmm. And then there are seeds to me, but then she becomes a full uh, character in Absolutely. person and super important uh, for people who haven't watched the show, aren't going to watch the show. Mm -hmm. If you were just going to try to sum up Clara Oswald like she was a person in your own life, like... Who is she? Uh, she is a strong, confident control freak <laughs> uh, who really loves what she loves uh, and who she loves. She's very loyal, very protective. Um, she, I like that she was her own person for so much of her seasons. Like, yeah. You know, season seven, as much as I didn't love her in that season, she, she was independent. She didn't travel with you know, Matt Smith's doctor all the time. Yeah. She didn't live on the TARDIS. She was a nanny. She had a life. She had a life outside of the TARDIS. Yeah. And then, you know, season eight rolls around and like not only does she have a life outside, like she teaches, she has a relationship outside of the the TARDIS, which really functions just as a way to show us who she is as a character. Yeah. To help round her out by giving her another person to interact with. Um, and then by season nine, she's at a point in her life where she does travel with she can travel with the doctor full time yeah and that's what she wants right yeah. and it's what she's you know it, it is absolutely what she wants and she gets it and it ultimately leads to her downfall but anyway <laughs> we will get to that too we um, sure will but yeah clara is she's a feisty she's a feisty boss and yeah. she's strong and she speaks her mind and she's very smart and so many things of what i'm saying apply to so many of the doctor's companions which is one of the things I love about the show, 
You know, it had this formula for so long. This yeah. sad, weirdly handsome, broken man <laughs> uh, who would travel around saving the day and having some fun with this smart, confident, attractive human girl. <laughs> yeah. So, like, sue me for relating to that second part. <laughs> Did uh, Clara speak to you because she is really uh, a doer? She is somebody who's like, sets her mind on something and uh, gets it done. And obviously, that is something that you see in yourself. Yeah, I, I think so. But I also think maybe she and in turn 12, because 12 is also my doctor, um, maybe they spoke to me so much because they were the first pair that I got to travel with in real time. Oh, yeah. Because when you look at where I started, you know, the the summer of 2013, um, it was Matt Smith and, and Jenna Coleman for an episode or two. And then it switched to Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman. Yeah. I got to see a whole live season with them. Yeah. You know, so I got to travel with them in real time in that have to wait a week for the next episode and that have to wait nine months to a year and a half between seasons. <laughs> like, yeah, they were very special to me. Yeah. Um, and it was also shortly after I moved from New Hampshire to California. Oh, so really? I was going through homesickness. I was, you know, adjusting to life on a new coast and making new friends and getting to the comedy community out here. So it's like Clara and 12, Clara and the 12th Doctor were yeah. like my... You know, they're one of my buds. Yeah, you are watching Doctor Who at exactly the right time right? for it to reflect your life because that season is about them both figuring each other out Absolutely. in a new relationship out and being un- uncomfortable but familiar yeah. at the same time. Absolutely. So I imagine. And then by the end of it, figuring it out. Yeah. You know, people, I, I feel like so many times I talk to people and they're like, season eight was crap. <sighs> and I'm like, you know what? First of all, you're not completely wrong. <laughs> but season eight, they had so much to do. Yeah. To find a new doctor to find a new doctor-companion relationship, and frankly, fix Clara. Yeah. They have to backpedal from the, frankly, the damage they did in season seven by not making her her own character. And by the end of season eight, they accomplished all of those things. Yeah. And then Last Christmas was a friggin' gift, and then season nine was perfect. Yeah. So there were some rough spots, but there were also some gems in season eight, too. Absolutely. It's not like every episode is a dud. No, I think Listen is like one oh of God. the most important episodes of not only these characters of the Doctor and his companion of Clara, but mm-hmm. mm, it's like seminal to the series to me. My next tattoo will be a quote from Listen. <laughs> nice. What is a quote? Um, Fear is a superpower. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that is a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think about that one a lot. Um. I wanted to ask you about some elements of Clara's character that really sang to me when I rewatched uh, Doctor Who a couple years back and got to watch it all in a row, you know, not with these big long breaks like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I really liked her arc as a teacher and a student and kind of ultimately wanting to become the master, Mm. Uh, not the master in terms of the Doctor Who uh, character, the master, but wanting to sort of... uh, be like the doctor and think like, yep, I can I can look at the most challenging thing in the known universe being this guy mm-hmm. and I can master that. And I feel like even in those early periods where it's a little unclear what she is, that she has a tendency towards, I want to help other people. I want to educate other people. Mm-hmm. And in this process, I am educating myself and becoming stronger and better for it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. But I, I also kind of see... Um, her relationship with the doctor very much still being the teacher-student, but with her still being the teacher. Yeah. You know, of, of the 12th doctor had a very, like, 
oh, I don't like humans, so pudding brains. Oh, I'm socially <laughs> inept. I'm rude. I need note cards. Yeah. You know, it's like all these things, but they were also, they were things that Clara ultimately ended up helping him with. Yeah. And humanizing him. Yeah. Um, so I really like that. I really like that element of their relationship. Yeah. How do you feel about her as, because we just plain explicitly see her as a caregiver, like a literal nanny mm-hmm. at different points in space and time. Yep. Uh, we see her being a literal teacher. Yep. Listen, uh, kind of her big heroic mem- uh, moment is being a parental caregiver to mm-hmm. the doctor. To young doctor. To, yeah. yeah, to baby doctor yeah. in his youth. Uh, so we really do see this strong character in the role of caregiver. How do you feel mm-hmm. about that? I don't think caregiver takes away from a character being strong at all. Yeah. If anything, it makes it makes them stronger. Yeah. I mean, you know, you see any any character in any TV or movie. It's like, would would you apply caregiver as a negative? No, I would not. No. That's why. But I wanted to ask your yeah. opinion without uh, saying, "Here's my opinion." What is yours? <laughs> um, Thank you. Very yeah. <laughs> um But I feel like she's not a caregiver because she has to be. She's a caregiver because that's how she is. You know, yeah. season seven, she was a nanny. Season eight. She was a teacher. Like, this is w- what she feels comfortable doing is what she wants to do. Yeah. So it, it makes perfect sense that that's what her relationship with the doctor evolved into. Yeah. Because that's where she's comfortable. Yeah. Of her, the doctor certainly encourages it, but her, by, towards her end in her downfall, as mm-hmm. you say, uh, which we can discuss. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to me to find, like, all of the companions in the new series, many of the companions in the new series try to learn from the doctor and learn some of his skills and perspective Mm -hmm. and all that. But I feel like Clara is the only one who seems really explicitly aware. I am going to make myself your student and I'm going to learn to do exactly what you do, Mm -hmm. which is interesting to me since she knows that dynamic. She's a teacher, so she knows what it is to be a student as well. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, her poor little downfall. (laughs) Her poor little downfall. Uh, Well, why do you describe it as a downfall? Talk to me about Um, her end. About her end, my goodness. Um, uh, Face the Raven, uh, (laughs) episode nine, uh, season nine. um, You know she she gets too big for her britches. Yeah. You know the the seed was planted. I think it was in Flatline. Was the the first episode where we got to see her outside the TARDIS. The Doctor's trapped in there. Great episode as well. Yeah. Very fun episode. Uh, Boneless, interesting villain. I'll take it. So, yeah, we get to see Clara getting to pretend like she's the doctor. And, you, and I feel like it kind of starts of like starts out in like a kind of poking fun at him kind of way. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm actually pretty good at this. And the doctor's like, you know, kind of a word of warning. Like, it's not about being good. It's about, you know, it's about the tough choices that yeah. he has to make and the sacrifices that he has to make to be the doctor, to fill that role, to fill those shoes, to fill that TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, that's when it starts. And then... You know, she gets more and more like him. And then in the end, she thinks that she can outsmart uh, outsmart the mark and yeah. face the raven. And she can't. She makes a sacrifice, a selfless sacrifice uh, for Riggsy yeah. to take that mark for him to save his life because she is confident in herself would be too confident that she's going to be able to figure it out. Okay. Um, and maybe she's too confident in her best friend thinking that. If she can't figure it out, then the doctor can. Yeah. And then ultimately, she's told that she can't. There's no way around it. She has made her own bed by being too, by trying to be too much like the doctor. Yeah. By trying to be too confident that they're going to figure a way out of this. Yeah. And she has to 
face the raven and she has to do that alone and yeah. it's very sad she has to face the metaphor yes, yeah the literal metaphor. <laughs> how do you so how do you do you like that is the end for this story that you for this character that you've i mean it's not actually the end because it's the doctor who and there's yeah. even more but yeah that um, being does, the what lesson do you take from that it's great drama it's almost shakespearean tragedy like of mm-hmm. uh but what do you take from that uh i don't think it felt like it was out of the blue yeah i feel like they did enough uh, they planted enough seeds in prior episodes um, to kind of set it up where that did make sense. Yeah. Um, but what do I take away? Uh, don't be too confident. <laughs> don't get cocky, kid. No. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of like, I, I don't know. I wrestle with it. I like it. I think it's really well done mm-hmm. and really well told and really interesting in a dramatic exit for the character and she still yeah. gets to be noble because she's like i will yep i made this choice i saved riggsy's life i will take responsibility for it and you can see if you know the, the doctor was ever going to end it that might be their death of they said yep i really stuck my neck out and mm-hmm. i've got lucky and i've been able to regenerate through things or people have given me more regeneration energy through a crack but not this time yeah just face it i think in the way the doctor certainly would mm-hmm. of like well that's it right uh yeah she faces it after making a sacrifice to save an innocent person's life. Yeah. So that is very doctorly. Yeah. Um, and also pretty reckless. But yeah. really, when you think about the next season, season 10, when he was traveling with Bill, I feel like there were a lot of episodes where he was borderline suicidal. Yeah. Where, like, he would make the choice to just be the one to, like, stay and fight. Like, stay and, like, guard. Remember the, one, the episode... What was it? They, uh, the, they went to find the Roman army. Yeah, the lights. The yes. weird lights. In exactly, the, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, where he, it seems like, yeah, I mean, I think they were really building towards his end where he's like, maybe it's okay to wrap up. Yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of great I'll experiences. Just, I'll just, you know, be here and regenerate forever or until I'm done regenerating and just yeah. protect you all forever. And uh, we'll see that. Yeah, shout That's, out to Paul Cornell's novelization of Twice Upon a Time, Capaldi's uh, last episode, which gets into the doctor's head in a really great way with oh, that good. stuff. I'll look uh, into that. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely does affect. Uh, everything that happens with uh, with Clara affects the doctor going mm. forward. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about her beginnings when she is a little bit more of a mystery, the impossible girl. Sure. Uh, for those of you who don't watch, the, the shtick is she has spread, different versions of her spread throughout time. We eventually learn it's uh, this elaborate effort to save the doctor and she's helping the doctor, guiding his journey to make sure he has all the victories he's supposed to have in the timeline because she was born to save the doctor <laughs> born to save the doctor thank you Stephen moffat <laughs> i am a moffat fan please do not take yeah. uh, a little snide comment as anything but playful poking fun at playful poking fun but you do dislike that that story i do okay i do i feel like well i don't know if i dislike the story as much as i dislike how i feel like she wasn't fleshed out at all before that. Yeah. It's like, she is just this mystery. Okay, what are her characteristics as yeah. a human? I feel like she was just she was just there, and she felt aloof, or she felt soft. I'm like, I want to de- define you. Who are you besides <laughs> this mystery? Yeah. This mystery that the Doctor is just obsessed with. Yeah, and um, I think they're kernels, but they don't work until later. Correct. Once you can build on them. I feel like there, there was probably, and I'm not a TV writer, I promise I'm not. <laughs> uh, but I feel like there probably could have been ways to do both. Oh, yeah. To, well, to round her out and make her mysterious and tantalizing to the doctor. 
a mystery that needed to be solved while also treating her like a real person. Yeah. Which she is. And we find out afterwards. <laughs> so. Uh, my question is, would you want to be scattered throughout time and space and live many, many different lives? Would, does that sound like, ooh, I would get to do all sorts of different things, experience all different things? Or do you, does it sound like being shattered and not having one specific existence? Mm. Well, I think, <laughs> I because I, I wouldn't have an awareness, right? Because the, the echoes didn't, they didn't really know. Right? She doesn't seem to know. No. no. And she doesn't seem to retain as much n- all of the knowledge that she would have. Yeah. I mean, like, there's like a, a, she does a VO in Name of the Doctor where she's like explaining how she's like, you know, explaining how she's a mysterious girl. Yeah. Mysterious girl. The impossible girl. The impossible girl. girl. But that's the one Clara whose uh, job was to be a voiceover narrator. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she's the only one who knows because that's her job. <laughs> and she did a great job. Um but yeah, it's just kind of like, why would you, you're not aware of it. You're not aware yeah. of your past selves. You're not aware of your purpose to yeah. save the doctor. So, I mean, I think it might be cool. But also if you don't have the through line or the awareness, why bother? Okay. Besides you... to save the doctor whom I love. <laughs> well, if you had the awareness, yeah. and let's say it's the 13th doctor. Sure. And somebody said, hey, uh, surprise, doctor who is real. <gasps> you can be shattered through time and space and it'll help the doctor. You will remember all your lives. Does that sound exciting to you? Or does that sound like, I don't want to do that? <laughs> um, let's friggin' do it. <laughs> okay. I love I love the doctor. Yeah. I love him. Her. Them. 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 Love him. Uh, is there any particular place you would want to go or be in the, in the real life past or in the history of the Doctor Who universe? I mean, any time period, every time period. Are you just interested in all of them? Yeah, I think so. Um, really love outfits in, you know, Regency London. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, all right, so this would tap into your knowledge of cosplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cosplay, <laughs> cosplay thoughts are coming up. Um, I mean, I'm also not, I'm not very well traveled personally. Okay. Um, but I have a very strong interest in that. Okay. So I'm getting a passport this year. I swear I'm going to do it. Um, I've only been to Mexico and Canada. So. Okay. But I want to travel. I want to see everything. I yeah. When I was a kid, I I had a plan to uh, to spend it to spend four days in every country. I don't know why I picked four days, but I'm like <laughs> four days every country. That is such a great. That's real, enough. That's the kind of real human detail that Clara needed in the beginning. Exactly. Four days. That's so specific Take and human. Take Moffat, who's definitely <laughs> listening to this podcast. Oh, for right sure, now. he lives for uh, mm-hmm. criticisms of doctor who yeah especially, especially after he's not after he's done <laughs> after he's done oh the tangents we could go on there mm-hmm. um how do you feel about her romantic relationships because early on there is with her and matt smith there's a little bit of oh flirty flirty mm-hmm. um and then obviously she has this solid dating relationship uh with uh danny pink danny pink uh and then it is not a romantic relationship with the 12th doctor all right okay Oh, you think it is? You think it's not? Uh, I don't think it is presented that way from the doctor's perspective, but that might be from me uh, leaning on that perspective. Uh, I am who I am, mm. and I All relate right. to the 12th doctor in a lot of ways. <laughs> All right, good. So I might be leaning on his perspective more so. I'm fascinated. Interesting. All right, so her and Matt Smith's doctor. Um, <laughs> I never felt like there was any chemistry there. Yeah. I felt like there was an obsession, and she thought he was cute. Great. Yeah. Cool. That's it. Yeah. Um, and then her and Danny Pink, I think 
I think in a way he was he was like a rebound okay. a little bit. But I think Danny Pink served the purpose of filling in details about Clara in a relationship outside of the TARDIS. Yeah. You know, because we had only gotten to see her with the Doctor. And then with anyone they run into in their adventures, obviously. Yeah. But a real relationship, a real emotional connection with somebody, that's what Danny Pink... That's the role that he filled okay, for, so he's for the show. Danny prop for you. Yes. Uh, to fill out yeah. Clara. There's nothing wrong Clara with that. Clara could be a thing in season <laughs> seven. Danny Pink can be. Yeah, I got no problem with that. Right. Um, yeah. And then that was over. Yep. And this he's Death and gone. cyber people and yep. lots of stuff. Multiple deaths. He makes a sacrifice, even though he was, you know, Cyberman. He had no choice but to blow everything up to save the day. Good job, Danny Pink. <laughs> you did it. Great job. Um, so she had to let go and... She made the choice in Last Christmas to keep traveling with the Doctor, but then that set the tone for how fast she was running in season nine. Yeah. You know, how reckless she was becoming, how more and more like the Doctor, because she didn't have those ties anymore. Yeah. She was traveling with the Doctor full time. She was off living an exciting life, which is great. Um, But, okay. Romance. Romance. Twelfth Doctor. Clara. All right. When they were in sync, they were really in sync. Yeah. So really, Last Christmas was like, boom. The start of, we know who the 12th Doctor is. We know who. (laughs) We know the 12th Doctor is. We know who Clara is. And we know who they are to each other and together. So let's have a friggin' adventure. And that was season nine for me. Um, How is that romance, though? Beat that for a date? (laughs) That was season eight. That was season eight. <laughs> okay. It's season, all of season eight is a date. No. But in Time Heist, when, uh, I mean, he was jealous of Danny Pink in season eight. Mm-hmm. In Time Heist, after they go on this super sexy uh, bank robbery, space bank robbery thing, <laughs> where they saved a, a, like an, inst- an extinct alien, or like an endangered alien. Anyway, um, when they go back, she he drops her off. And then she leaves and he turns around and he says, robbing a bank, robbing a whole bank. Beat that for a date. Beat that for a date. All there's, right. a, there's a sense of competition and he is he is jealous of Danny Pink. And once he's out of the picture, I feel like they're, they, I feel like they click. Yeah. I feel like there is definitely a love. Yeah. And although they're not making out, there's a closeness. There are small physical things with the two of them together. I'm like, ah. He loves her. <laughs> okay. He loves her. I think this is just a a potential for a pedantic discussion of what the word romance means because I agree with everything you're saying. I, I think mm-hmm. they they absolutely have mm-hmm. love. I think they have this intimacy. They do. And I think the Doctor really bounces back and forth. I mean, for the majority of the classic series, he's an alien who barely gets romance. He's uh-huh. kind of aware of it. Sure. Then the tenth doctor is sort of like, I know exactly what to get you on Valentine's Day and I'm wearing the special underwear. He knows everything. <laughs> right? And hubba then hubba. we get back to Matt Smith being a little bit more oh I, I oh humans, how does that work? But he's still cheeky and charming. Mm-hmm. And we get to Capaldi where it seems like, yes, I could write eight sonnets, but I've got no interest in that. It's mm-hmm. not right. my thing. Yeah. So I just kind of feel like he doesn't express it in any traditional way. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't express it. Doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah, I think there are, there are, undertones. Excuse me, undertones of it. Um, and I mean, I, I have a duty of care. That whole yeah. his whole relationship with her in season nine was out of that. I have a duty of care, and that comes from, in my opinion, a place of love. Absolutely. And it's not. I don't think it's just platonic love. I think it is true. 
and good and perfect and do not take this away from me just i'm not taking off. anything away from you I, yeah no i have no i agree with everything you say yeah. and i think it, i in a totally non-joking way i think it really is a question mm-hmm. of like well how do you define romance because i don't mm-hmm. i don't personally in my doctor who headcanon think they're hooking up but do you have to hook up for, for it to be romance no no, no, you're not. Um, not at all. I, I've had many romances that did not come to fruition. Did not come physical, to fruition. But that okay. doesn't mean they weren't, they didn't, you know, they weren't from a place of romantic love right. or interest. It just means they never got that far. Right. Um, yeah. But then with Face the Raven, you know, Clara is dead and the doctor has some serious guilt about that. Oh, not, yes. Not that the doctor is, you know, a stranger to feeling guilt. Um, but he feels really bad about it. And then he... You know, the next two episodes, Heaven Set and Hellbent, are like, are gorgeous yeah. and sad. And him dealing with that tragedy of that loss. Um, yeah, it's a guilt, but also his own personal loss is yeah. Yeah, so powerful. And he, you know, whose painting is hanging in the castle in Heaven Sent? It's Clara's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very, it's very sad, it's very powerful, and it's very real. Yeah. I think he loved her. And then what he did for her. Four and a half billion years, punching a friggin' harder than diamond oh, wall. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a good Valentine. That's a yeah. Mm. Um. Speaking of cosplay, I actually have a cosplay where I of the diamond wall. Oh, you dress as a diamond wall. Yep. How big is? Is there a puncture? Is he um, punching through? No, I find twelve doctors around conventions <laughs> and I have them punch me. It's it goes over very well. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. great. And so many people look at me and they're like excuse me what are you and i'm like you watch doctor who and they're like yeah i'm like remember heaven sent and they're like yeah i'm like i'm the wall they're like Ooh. i still don't get it <laughs> i'm like look i do this for me yes i went to san diego comic-con two years ago i think and i wore that i wore that cosplay on like saturday which is the busiest day yeah. of comic-con and i think six people asked me what i was and one of them got it oh really and that's it and that was enough for me that's view ah, man that's i love that yeah. uh, i want to see photos i'm sure you have them oh i do of 12th doctors <laughs> punching me making their escape yeah uh have you ever made a different life choice because of clara have you ever thought this is what clara would do that's that's what i'll do <clears throat> um i mentioned my next tattoo idea right yeah fear is a superpower yeah um i think about that every single time i have a stand-up show yeah every single time i have a sketch show where I get those, I get those nerves. Yeah. I'm like, uh, even though I've done this a million times, I still get these nerves and I'm anxious and I feel like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, fear's, fear's a superpower. It makes me faster. It makes me smarter. It makes me more prepared than other people. Yeah. It slows things down. And I just hear her speech. I hear her saying these words. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I can do this. <laughs> I can do this. Totally nice. fine. Nice. So, yeah, I think I want to get Fear is a Superpower up my spine. Nice. Nice. Uh, Yeah, that's awesome. When you get nervous, uh, like all of us do, uh, I think the vast majority of people get nervous before performance. Mm -hmm. And this goes a little bit to Clara, my fascination with Clara as both a teacher and student. Yeah. Are you nervous that you will let the audience down in some way? Or are you nervous that you will let yourself down in some way? Ooh, heavy question. <laughs> um, I feel like it kind of, 
I say I'm a recovering perfectionist. Okay. Because for a lot of my life, I struggled with that. And not just in comedy or performance, in, you know, juggling school and work and social lives and a long-distance boyfriend. Yeah. And, like, everything that I kept myself involved with, I felt like I should be able to have successful relationships and get straight A's and everything and also be happy all the time. Yeah. And if I ever felt unhappy or I felt like I was struggling with anything, I would feel like I was disappointing. I was going to disappoint somebody. Yeah. But... You know, it's that nobody was watching that closely. Not even my parents. Like I would get, I would get this way. I would be very upset, and my parents would be like, "Why do you do this?" I'm like, "Cool, thanks, mom. Appreciate it." Yeah, she's like, "I didn't do this, right? This isn't on me." Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let me know if you need anything. Thank you, mother. Um, so I feel like starting to do comedy actually really helped me with that okay because i wanted to be perfect at everything but then i was pursuing something where perfection is not a thing yeah I, it's so subjective what am i gonna i can't be perfect at comedy yeah you're, no one is gonna not everybody's gonna like me period right and I, if i didn't accept that then what was i what was i even doing yeah <clears throat> hold for plane <laughs> it's fine it's just a helicopter i'm sure oh, uh, right. arresting helicopter. someone down the block no problem sure sure hollywood yeah Hollywood, California. Um, <laughs> so I I had to accept that or else why bother continuing with comedy? Yeah. So as soon as I accepted that I couldn't be perfect at comedy, it's like I can't be perfect at everything. So why yeah. be perfect at anything? And it was like a, a f- switch was flipped. It's like suddenly I wasn't worried about struggling with work or struggling with my personal life or yeah. anything. It was like, oh, my God. So I kind of say comedy fixed me. <laughs> um but I still, I still struggle with the nerves and the anxiety. So if I don't do, a, if I don't do a stand-up set for a couple months, I start having those kind of unhealthy, yeah. not very kind to myself kind of thoughts of, you know, I should be able to do. I should, I should, I should. And it's terrible. And then I do a stand-up set. I'm like, whew, that sucked. Uh, <laughs> but it's fine. Right. It's fine. I need like a reminder to stay grounded. Yeah. To remind me that there, there is no perfect. Yeah. Um, I think that is like one of the powers of Doctor Who for so, as bizarre as it is and traveling mm-hmm. through space and time and rescuing people and doing a uh, weird space alien bank heists. It does just get to that spirit of like, you can't just sit at home. You got to go do things and challenge yourself and find out that, yep, I can do this. Absolutely. Yeah. So as far as the nerves before performing, I think to answer your question the longest <laughs> possible way, um, I think I have a fear of of disappointing myself. Yeah. Um you know, by by letting the nerves get the better of me. Right. Um, and then as soon as I walk out on that stage, I'm like, oh, I know how to do this. Yeah. I know how to do this. Even if I'm about to eat poo. You know, it's like, we, <laughs> didn't, talk, do that. we didn't talk about ratings. <laughs> can I? You can swear. Yeah. Great. 40 minutes in. I know Fucking I can swear. Fruit snacks. <laughs> you can swear all you want. Um, no. I do want to talk about not the end of Clara, uh, because we talked about her downfall, but that's not her actual end. She's. Uh, been plucked out of time at the moment of her death, and she herself is now traveling around her own mm-hmm. stolen TARDIS uh, as we left her. What does that say to you about the character, that she did die, she did face that uh, ultimate price, mm-hmm. but she's also got kind of a get-out-of-jail-free, get-out-of-death-free card Quite a for loophole. a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I mean, she died doing what she loved, which was being the doctor. Yeah. And uh, a weird sidestep reward of that is she gets to have her own TARDIS and travel and have her own adventures. Yeah. So I think ultimately it's a good, it was a good call. I love that she she gets to go travel the world and travel the universe rather. And yeah. And help people and take what she learned from the doctor. Yeah. And spread it around. And truly be her own person with all those lessons of the doctor. So you, as a fan of the character, you you like that ending. You like that you can imagine she's out there somewhere. Yes. Nice. I can. And I assume she'll be back for a big finish. <laughs> oh, yes. I would hope. Yes. Her and Maisie Williams. I'm sure as around. soon as they decide they want to. Yes. That that big finish audio door is, is wide open. Man, what a gift to the fandom that that oh, is. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I'm working on the, the Missy se- season right now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're not a Doctor Who fan, Doctor Who is one of the... It's kind of rare for a big fandom like this. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that Star Wars is playing with the possibility. Mm. But they have the audio adventure, so it doesn't matter how old the character is. doesn't matter how famous the actor is. If the actor wants to do it, yep. just hundreds and hundreds of hours of audio adventures. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons I was eventually okay with saying goodbye to 12. Because I'm like, this. I don't think that this is the end for him. No. We're going to get new... I mean, we still get new 10th Doctor and Rose adventures. Yeah. And it's been how many years? Yeah. But as long as the actors... Like, you already said it. Like, as long as the actors want in, we're going to get new adventures set in specific times in the show, <laughs> or like in between episodes or in between adventures. Yeah. Um, It's great. And it's such a gift. And it's unlike any other fandom. Yeah, it Period. really is. Yeah, yeah. And it has all that room for fun. Let's play in the canon. But also, if something gets weird, it's like, well, it changed because of time travel. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just don't think <laughs> too much about it. Uh, if Clara was real and you could travel in time with her, would you want to do that? If she showed up uh, and was like, come on, my adventures, I need to. Um, I would say Yes. I would say yes, as long as uh, the TARDIS wasn't, you know, around the corner. You're about to go pick me up. Okay, so you you need a little time to prepare. Yeah, you'd want to pack. Well, I think I would. I mean, I would travel with the Doctor before I would travel with Clara. Oh, so if they both showed up and were like, oh, I have to pick. Which, oh my god, which time travel machine Why? you want to come into? You'd yeah. pick the Doctor, huh? Yeah, I I would. And I think maybe because Clara and I are, I think are very similar. Okay, and maybe we would be too similar. Okay, you feel like you couldn't learn as much from Clara as you might learn from the Doctor, or that Clara couldn't learn as much from you as the Doctor could learn from you? Yes. <laughs> yep. Well, we're, I mean, we're one of the reasons that uh, she speaks to me as a character is because we're so similar. Yeah. Um. So maybe two of the same type on the TARDIS isn't doing the universe any favors. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to go off with your own adventures so uh, everybody can look for that next season. Yes. You're going to be on Doctor Who. Yep. <laughs> Announce it here first, folks. <laughs> Get Mark ready. my words. Someone tell uh, Chibnall. <laughs> <laughs> the guy. The one who's doing it now. The, yeah, that guy. The British yeah, guy. Well, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not on board. Completely on board with him. So I understand. He's still in his trial period. It, uh, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And we'll put a pin in that great, for a great. future podcast. Sounds good. We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. These are questions I ask uh, all my guests over the podcast or variations of them. You're stretching, getting ready. Limber up for How Obsessed. Do you think about Clara every day? Yes. Okay. Is that as a you are actively 
thinking through the nuances of the character or is it just that you love her episode so much that a scene or a line floats through your mind? Well, I have a lot of Clara memorabilia. Ooh, nice. Um, Funkos, uh, other things, little a little Lego Clara. Yeah. Um, I have a Clara pin uh, that I have on a jacket that I wear regularly. I also have bits of Clara cosplay that I wear in real life. Like this is a necklace. Oh, yeah. And these are her uh, journey, journey to the Center of the TARDIS boots. Um, wow. So, I mean, I could wear a piece of co- Clara cosplay every day if I wanted to. Okay. And uh, often days I do. So is that a necklace that she wore that you recreated? Um, no, this is one. I found it on Etsy, but it's pretty close to, um, I call it Clara Prime. Okay. It's her outfit from Name the Doctor, Day the Doctor, Time of the Doctor. <laughs> um, with It's like the look where she has the, the red plaid skirt and like the white Peter Pan collar with oh, yeah. the black bow tie sweater. Yeah. Um, so this is very similar to a necklace that she wears. Oh, nice. It's just these little spike thingies. Um, and then these are the screen accurate. Oh, not to brag. <laughs> I do not give a shit about screen accuracy. Okay. For the record, anyone who does can frankly fuck off. Okay. There are a lot of people who, you know, who look down on people who are not screen accurate. Oh, like, boy. That type of attitude is absolutely insane. Yeah, it's cosplay toxic. is fun. Cosplay is fun. And it should be whatever you want it to be. If you like your cosplay, then I like your cosplay. Yeah. Also, if you don't like your cosplay, I still may like your cosplay. <laughs> like, it's not, yeah, you know, synonymous. Um, but they are screen accurate. They uh, sure are. Cool. Yeah, and I love them. And they're like, whenever it rains, I wear them. And whenever I feel like putting on my shit kicking boots and getting some stuff done. Yeah. Nice. Like, I want to stomp around the office so everyone knows I'm being productive. <laughs> Wearing these boots. <laughs> these boots are screen accurate. Yeah. Get your work done. Uh, you've already answered this question if you'd ever get a Clara tattoo. Yes. Tattoo. And you did. Um, well, the tattoo I have is actually a Rose Tyler quote. Ooh, it's what is it? It's from The Parting of the Ways. Um, when she, it's after she absorbs the um, heart of the TARDIS. Yeah. And she goes back to save the Ninth Doctor. Um, so he's like, you're going to burn. Please stop. Please, please. And she says, I want you safe, my doctor. Aww. And that's what I have. I just have in the cursive, I want you safe, my doctor. Oh, that's awesome. And that's so true. I, that's all I want for him or them or her. <laughs> that's all I want for the doctor. I want them to be happy. Yeah, to and, be happy and safe. Yeah, which is terrible because it's so sad. <laughs> He's, they are so sad so often. Um, you know, and that kind of speaks to another reason why I love the show so much. It's because it's about relationships. It's about, you know, the curse of the Time Lords. This character who will perpetually outlive those he loves. Yeah. So relationships will end, but that doesn't mean he doesn't form new relationships. Right. And that yeah. is a great metaphor for real life. Yeah. You know, it's like just because your ex hurt you really bad, does that mean you're going to never try to find love again? Yeah. No. No. It's about renewal. Yeah. 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 It's about trying again and about seeing the hope. And, like, being hopeful for the future. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, sometimes I think the Doctor can feel a little bit like uh, they're running around in a little bit of avoiding their emotions. But other times it is for like, sure. well, you're in a crappy mood anyway, but just go out and do something. Right. And for the Doctor, it might be saving the universe. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, when people walk into your home, can they tell you're obsessed with Clara? Is all that Clara memorabilia out for, like, in your main living spaces? In the main living spaces, there are... 
Doctor Who pieces. Okay. There are not specifically Clara pieces. The okay. Clara pieces are in my bedroom. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, is that just because that's where you want them? Or is there any sort of, I don't want to make, uh, I don't want to assume some metaphor of like, Clara is in the deeper part that the bedroom represents for all of us, wow. you know? No. Um, I There are six people who live in the house that I live in. Okay. <laughs> um, and we are selectively nerdy about what we keep in the common space. Okay. That so we makes do a have a, We have a whole wall for nerdy art and we each have a contributor one or two pieces okay. to it so it's like yeah we're all nerds but we're also adults you know <laughs> so right. i if my housemates let me i would overtake the common space okay i'm trying to be respectful of them and the three cats we live with <laughs> the cats have their own posters as well i'm sure uh, well no and frankly they're they're lagging <laughs> they need to pick up the slack um if you had your own place where you uh, controlled the space entirely, would Clara be in the main living area? So yes, absolutely. So people walk in, bam, Clara. Yep. Okay. Um, I have a, my previous apartment, I have a Clara cardboard cutout um, and a Rose <laughs> Tyler, and uh, they lived in the common space. Oh, that's awesome. In the living room, just you walk in, scared many roommates. Nice. Many guests. They'd walk up the stairs and be like, oh my <laughs> God, why? <laughs> Who are those strong, feisty women? Um, ah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so definitely, definitely would take over. Awesome. Would you get a personalized license plate for your car that says Clara 1? Um, Clara 1? No. Maybe Clara 12? Okay. All right. <laughs> See so, what I so, did? so you'd be some shipping on your car. Yeah, for sure. Would you want to shipping engage in, heart, in those in uh, the those conversations that people like saw that and were like, "What's that about?" Oh, yes. Okay. Absolutely. You um, want to spread the good word of yeah, Clara Twelve? Absolutely. I wear <laughs> Doctor Who shirts as often as possible. I wear them to the office under a blazer, and I just hope someone's like, "Hey, what is that?" I'm like, let me tell you the good <laughs> word of Doctor Who. Yeah, who bastard? Let yeah. me tell you. That's what you want. Yeah. Also, That's let awesome. me give you a sculpted syllabus for you for what episodes you should watch <laughs> to get a sampling of each Doctor. Please text me. So you obviously, I'm sure you have that list ready to go. But I do. do you have it? Do you personalize it, or is it just like this is the list? Or do you, if you knew somebody, you'd be like, mm, you need to start with Matt Smith. It depends. Um, I do have like a set list of you know one usually standalone or intro episode for each each doctor. Okay. Um, but if we talk about it and they're like, oh, I just the effects are really bad. I I have been known to give permission <laughs> to start with Matt Smith's season. Okay. And then once they fall in love with the show and the concept and the character, to then go back. Yeah, because now they're already invested. With. Absolutely. That's a and, good way to go. And that's needed sometimes, and that's fine. Yeah. If you were at a nice dinner with family and friends and someone said mean things about Clara, how would you handle it? Okay, my dad's side or my mom's side? <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, do you have more conflict with? No, yeah, we're pretty fine. Okay. Uh, I think my dad's side's <laughs> a, little, a little more rowdy. Um, okay. So let's say my dad's side. Um, I mean, I would probably, I'd like try to play it off and... I would hear them out, and I would tell them they're wrong, and I feel like somebody would say, fuck you. Um, <laughs> so you would throw down and fight? Uh, if needed. If needed. Yeah. I don't know. I think my biggest problem with that is not that somebody is insulting someone that I really enjoy. Someone. Because she's real to me. <laughs> um, but it's the, it's the lack of respect for somebody else's opinion. Yeah. I think that would probably drive you a little crazy. Okay. So I think you can have an opinion that's different than mine. People... Many people don't like Clara. Many yeah. people don't like Twelve. I think that they are wrong, and I think that they are missing. <laughs> I think they're missing an important 
part of why I love the show and yeah. why I love these characters. But they can have that opinion. I'm not like, no, you're 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 wrong. Stop. Take it back. Yeah. I'm like, all right. You're missing out. I'm I'm I feel bad. Okay. You know, like in Harry Potter, when Voldemort's <laughs> like, uh, you know, being a bad guy because he is, and Harry's like. Uh, you'll never know love and I feel sorry for you. Yeah. That's like how I feel. It's like that gift plays in my head. And I'm like, I'm going to take these leftovers from this family dinner and go. <laughs> go. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I Am Curious is a offshoot. If somebody came to you with really reasonable opinions, well-debated, challenging Clara, is it? do you feel passionate about her enough that you would rise to that sort of level? Sure. Of- if it uh, was a respectful conversation, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So you, you might get heated in a friendly debate yes. way. Okay. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, walk away with your opinions. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, and key their car. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Would you end a relationship with someone who didn't like Clara? Uh, exclusively over the fact that they didn't like Clara? Sure, yeah. No. I mean, you just walked through that you feel like understanding yeah. that character, that dynamic is key to understanding your love of the television show. Mm-hmm. I feel like, <clears throat> I mean, honestly, we probably wouldn't be dating if they didn't like Clara. <laughs> so conversation, the question is moot. <laughs> is that because you feel like there are similarities between yourself and the character that like, if you dislike that character, you're kind of <laughs> disliking yeah, you're me? Kind of treading on me a little bit. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. If you don't like that she's bossy and headstrong and confident and cute as a button, man, <laughs> that's on you, buddy. All right. I think that's a good answer. Yeah. If aliens visited Earth and you were the human who got to greet them, would you show them an episode of Doctor Who with Clara? Um, to just say, hey, here, here's Earth. Let me show you some stuff about it. Yes. Among other things. Among other things I would show them. Okay. Yes. What else would you show them? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's like they're not. Are they just there to like check things out? <laughs> are they there to like conquer Earth? Well, you don't know. That, that, that's one of the things that I like about this is mm. like this idea of like the only thing you can understand through your language barrier is show us a representation of what Earth is. What are okay. What is one of your Earth stories? All right. Would you show them like... You know, kill the moon where uh, Clara has to take the risk of mm. <laughs> doing weird things to the moon. Yeah, doing weird things to the moon. <laughs> Can this episode be called that? Doing weird things to the moon <laughs> with Joseph Scrimshaw, <laughs> guest Lauren Becker. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I feel like there is, there's maybe a better episode to okay. show the aliens than a Clara one. Okay. And now I'm gonna lose sleep tonight trying to figure out which one. Well, it this is. this is one of your uh, things in life where you know the right episode for the right person. There we go. The right episode for aliens to see of Doctor Who is a really fun question. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, great. Okay. Next time on the, I'm on a podcast, I'm gonna have a better answer for you. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And, y- and you can let me know, and we'll tweet it out. Um, great. Would oh I, you already answered this? I was going to ask if you would buy a life size cutout of Clara for your home. <laughs> Hell yeah! This is great when you've already done. answered lots done, of the obsessed done, questions. Done. Uh, if the character was real and she had a GoFundMe, would you give money to it? Um, I 
I would, but also I don't feel like she would have one. Okay. Because I think she's resourceful and independent and strong-willed. I think she could take care of herself. Like so she would she, find another way? Yeah. If she wants something, she would find a way to get it for herself. I don't think that she'd be like, hey, everybody, <laughs> contribute. Okay. So you feel like that would be indication that it was like an imposter? Yeah. That'd be a red flag. Yeah, red flag. Sure. That's a Zygon. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm, I don't know, Bonnie. Uh, settle down. Nice. Yes. Uh, if you were about to see a new episode of Doctor Who with Clara in it, but a bear was blocking your path mm-hmm. to the theater yeah. that this is being shown in, would you try to get around the bear? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. You would just for sure like, yes, I need this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Inject it into my veins. I need to see this. Please. Yep. <laughs> also, bear. Have you seen Doctor Who yet? <laughs> Here's the best episode for yes. a bear to start with. Yes. Please start with this. Let me know. Text me the whole thing. Live text me. Let me know your thoughts. Nice. Bear, you should start all the way back at the beginning. An yes. honestly child. You'll get really into it. It'll be great. Yeah. Uh, so I have to ask you, because we've been doing it this whole episode. I'm saying Clara. You're saying Clara. Mm-hmm. Is, how do you feel about the pronunciation? Because I have encountered the reason I say Clara mm-hmm. is I was uh, hosting a, a halftime masquerade at uh, at a convention in Minneapolis, yeah. and uh, a woman was cosplaying Clara, and sure. she was like, "I don't care what else happens. I need you to say Clara, okay. not Clara." Oh, so, geez. and I said, "And now uh, cosplaying is Clara, 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 <laughs> forever Clara." So it's uh, drilled in my mind, Clara. Yeah, uh, but you say Clara. Do you care? Um, I don't care. No. I mean, I say Clara just because I think it's my American accent. Yeah. That's just how I say it. I mean, the 12th Doctor says Clara. Yeah. So, like, I'm fine with either one. I don't, I'm not personally offended by it. Okay. I just thought I would ask, uh, since people are listening to an hour of us saying, Clara, 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 Clara. Clara, Clara. (laughs) I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What kind of noise just bubbles up in you when you think about Clara, Clara? (laughs) <laughs> is that just excitement yeah. about how awesome the character yes, is? Yes, that's like uh, in Last Christmas when it's like the last 15 seconds. And I'm like, is she going to stay? Is Jenna Coleman going to go? Is yeah. Claire, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Yeah, in the and, excitement that yeah. she goes off for yeah. more adventure. And then 12's like, don't even argue. TARDIS is right outside. Let's freaking do this. And she grabs her hand. She grabs his hand. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yes! I cried. I, I wept. I wept. And then it... Started over and I watched, watched it, it and again. Watched it again. Oh, that's so awesome! Yeah, yeah, that one is a real. It had you coming and going about whether this is a bittersweet ending mm-hmm. or the beginning of a new adventure. Yep. Yeah, it was great. Um, I ask everyone to uh, give me their obsession rating. So on a scale of, uh, we'll say uh, one to thirteen, thirteen being the highest, one being the lowest. How obsessed do you feel you are with Clara? Twelve. 12. <laughs> yeah! Yes, yes. Got to say it again. Another 12. Look, I OTP, I take very seriously. OTP, okay. one true pairing, shipping, uh, 12 and Clara. Okay, so it is all, that's part of the reason that you have the strong opinion about romance. It's it's about those two. Yeah, it's about the two of them together. Yeah. Who they are, not just on their own, but who they are to each other. Yeah. And how much they trust each other, how much they love each other. Um and I just adore them. I agree. I and think, yeah, people yeah. who have troubles with uh, Capaldi's first season, I think if you do just watch it, it's, that's the story. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. 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 Uh, plugging time. Oh. What would you like to plug? Uh, social media, any projects, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bancroft, B-A-N-C-R-O-F-F-E-D. Um, 
I guess, what do I have? Uh, Turtle Hour, I have a monthly stand-up show. It's nice. the third Saturday of the month at the Ruby LA every month. Uh, you should do it, by the way. Oh, yeah. Ah, great. <laughs> great. Uh, what are you doing in July? You're a good producer. Yeah. Making connections. <laughs> making connections. Um, also, my sketch team, The Burbs, we uh, perform the third Saturday of the month at the Ruby as well. Awesome. Yeah. Earl- no, earlier time slot. Yeah. If you're in LA, the Ruby is a great space. Sure. Really is. enjoy it. Here's some quick plugs for this show, and then we'll do our final weird questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed pa- Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshot.com. And you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, here are the final questions. They don't have anything to do with the main topic, but if you can work the number 12 in, yeah, go for it. I'm ready. Uh, if you could fly, but you had to hold an object in your hand to do it, what would you want the object to be? Mm, uh... My cell phone so I can take good Instagram content while in the air. <laughs> good. And you could do some Google Maps for flying, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. The, I can tell you're a practical person because practical people always say, my phone, come on. Yeah. What a dumb question, yeah, you idiot. Geez. Oh, my God. Take it off the list. <laughs> if you could transform into any animal, what animal would you want to transform into? A bird of prey, probably a hawk. A hawk? Yes. Man, you it, would you fly with your cell phone as a hawk? <laughs> um, I would have it tethered to my claw. Tethered to your claw. I can, so I can still use the claws for other things. Okay. Have you considered this question before? Because that answer was fast. No, but I feel like I'm a hawk. You feel like you're a hawk, that yeah. you're, you're always circling something. I'm like pretty from far away, but also I got a sharp beak. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, the final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness? Happiness is being confident that you'll always be okay. Nice. So uh, feeling safe, like uh, your tattoo wants the doctor to be. Yes. Or confident that even if you make a mistake or you get in a bad spot, that you will be able to find your way out of it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think that's a great definition of uh, happiness. Hmm. And I think it really fits with uh, the dynamic between uh, 12 and Clara. That and me is and Claire. really about jumping off the cliff, right? Yeah. And that relates back to what you're talking about with stand-up is a little bit nervous before you do it, but once you jump off the cliff, there's your happiness. Then you're flying. <laughs> flying through the air. With cell phones in hand. <laughs> Maybe being a hawk. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but definitely being happy. Thank you so much yeah. for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Uh, so here's all the Doctor Who cosplay that I have. I have a nine, I have a ten, I have an eleven, both femme and not. Um, I have Clara from... Well, I have nine Claras. Nine, just nine Claras. These <laughs> My favorite one is probably Mummy and the Orient Express because it's like that gold and black kind of uh, flapper outfit. It's really cool with cool gloves. Um, I have, I think I really want to do a Donna Noble cosplay. I think I really want to do Runaway Bride just to walk around in a thrift store uh, bridal gown because there's something very sad about that. (laughs)